Hello and welcome to this episode of Ear Talk, where we're joined by Dr. Christine Diplacido. Christine discusses her journey into audiology, the changes she's noticed over time, and the importance of person-centered care, particularly for rehabilitation. We also touch on an important area of well-being and self-care for us as audiologists. Let's join the conversation now. Hello, Christine. Hello. Hello, and thank you for joining us today on Ear Talk. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> Excellent. Um, right. So, where do we start? Let's let, let's start with um, trying to ha- get an understanding of your journey into the world of audiology. Ah, that's an interesting one. It happened by accident. I was originally going to study medicine, and then circumstances changed and that wasn't going to be possible so I decided I would do nursing and funnily enough I wanted to do mental health nursing and I applied to do that but there was a four-month wait before the course started so I was looking for a job to do in between and this job or this um, student audiologist came up and I thought well I'll I'll do that for four months until I start the course and that'll be fine and I just never left. Oh, well, how long ago was that, Christine? That was 1975. Wow, brilliant. <laughs> That's interesting because it's, uh, it's quite rare to um, have had audiology posts around that time. Yes. Yeah, it was all very different then. All right. Okay. So I guess that's, um, I mean, obviously that's been over a long period of time. Um mm. What do you think have been sort of the major changes that you've noticed over time um, with audiology in general? I think the biggest change I noticed was when the digital hearing aids came in and people actually came to us asking for hearing aids. Um, up until that time, it'd always been a case of, you know, we would say to the patient, or oh, the doctor thinks you need a hearing aid, and, and they weren't too keen. Yeah. But they would try it because the doctor had said so. But when the digital hearing aids came around and all the hype that went with them, um, people started queuing up to actually get a hearing aid, and that was different. Absolutely, it was. Um, no, so your your one of your specialist areas actually is person-centered practice. Yes. Um, could you explain this a bit further? Yes, person-centered practice. Um, something that I, I learned. In 2000, I did a diploma in counselling um, because I did a lot of work with people with tinnitus. And that was the first time I'd come across person-centred work because it, it just wasn't heard of in audiology at that time. And basically, it, it's the theory behind it is that um, Carl Rogers developed person-centred therapy. And he believed that if people were to experience three what he called core conditions and if the person who was working with them was able to demonstrate these three core conditions they would be able to work out the problem together and the person who had the problem would be able to work better and um, self-actualize as it's known in the in the person-centered world so the three core conditions are empathy unconditional positive regard and congruence Right. And it struck a, a chord with me because we were still at the stage where we were saying to the patient, this is what you need. 
um, and this is what the doctor said, and there was very little about what the patient felt or what the patient wanted. Um, so I started to introduce that a bit in working with patients in audiology. And the big part of person-centered working is that you should be person-centered. It's not something you switch on at the start of an appointment and switch off when you're finished. To be person-centered means that you, day life, you practice these three core conditions. And I think that's an area that we still need to work on quite a bit in audiology. Absolutely. You're absolutely right, yes. So, Christine, you wrote a book, um, and it's titled Experiences of Acquired Hearing Loss, yes. Lessons from Rehabilitation. Um, can you tell us a bit about this book um, and some of the major lessons to be learned? Yeah. The book came about, um, it's actually a, a, about my PhD I, I did a few years ago now, um, when I interviewed people in the States and in the UK about their experiences of losing their hearing and their experiences of using the services, what they expected to get from the services and what they actually did experience. And it was quite interesting because people were pretty vocal about what they expected to get and what was missing, which I thought was quite interesting. And a lot of the time, it wasn't the sort of things that we would expect them to say. Um, it was completely different things, which, again, made me think of the person-centred aspect. We assumed that people would complain about waiting times, um, the size of the hearing aids, or the uh, sort of everyday things that we think we'll hear, but patients were more concerned about the fact that they didn't feel listened to, um, that they would see one person on the first visit, see a different person on the second visit, and have to explain everything to them again. Um, and that made them feel, feel as if they hadn't been listened to the first time and they weren't important. So it was quite an interesting thing for me to be able to do these interviews. And, and the biggest thing that came out of them was that people felt they weren't part of the decision-making process um, and they weren't allowed to express views taken on board. It's mm, very interesting, isn't it? It's definitely something that we need to be paying attention to as audiologists. Um, yeah. And I think it's important uh, to have um, sessions like this where, where these are highlighted because it we sometimes we could easily sort of just get so you know muddled into work the work of you know fitting hearing aids and um, the business side sometimes of what we do or getting through your list in the day that we mm. um, forget that um, these are some of the things the experiences we leave we might be leaving with our, pa our patients if we are not um, careful. So yeah, this is a quite interesting. I'm, I'm assuming that your book is definitely is available. Um, at the moment still yeah, it's available on amazon okay so i guess if we people search your name or just the title then yeah. they'll, they can pick it up that way okay yeah. that's i'm sure that'll be an interesting read um now obviously as we, we've discussed you, you have been in audiology for quite some time do you think that i mean <clears throat> there have been quite a few positives in terms of obviously you know progress from analog to digital hearing aids mm. Are there any other sort of positive changes that you might have seen or even negative changes that you might have noticed um, over time with either that, whether that's with patient relationship, um, how we work, um, 
uh, or, or what the services that we provide, um, anything that you think that you've necessarily seen that either been a positive or a negative change over that time? Yeah, what I've noticed has really stand, stands out for me is when when I started working, the hearing aids we had weren't particularly good. They were, you know, basic amplifiers. And we spent a lot of time with patients explaining to them how to hear. Um, yeah. So it was it wasn't a case of here's your hearing aid and this will fix things. It was very much this will help a wee bit, but here's all the other things you have to do. And I don't think we spend that time with patients now. I think we tend to think that the digital hearing aids are so much better mm. that, that patients think it will do everything for them. And I think sometimes we fall into that a little in that review appointments are starting to slip. You know, a lot of places now, they don't do review appointments. Um, they just leave the, the patient to get in touch if they need to. Mm. And I don't think that's always a good way to do things. People don't like to bother you. Um, so you, you tend to lose people in that way. And that's probably the biggest thing for me is that the, the soft skills, the, the talking to the patient and working out uh, where they're having problems isn't quite as obvious as it used to be. Although I think, having said that, in the private sector, I think there's a lot more emphasis on review. Um, and that, I think, is a good thing. I think the, the biggest problem now is we're a victim of our own success. People want hearing aids now. Um, so the time's gone up, um, the numbers have gone up, and it's much more difficult to fit everything in and do a good job of everything. Mm. And I think that's, that's a problem we're going to have to look at is that the workforce can't cope with the numbers. So if you were to recommend to a clinic um, things to pay more attention to, obviously you have mentioned the um, area of empathy and making your patient feel or realise that you are listening to them and so on. Mm. Um, what would you say people should uh, do maybe less um, or, do, or do more in their clinics um, at the moment? I think people need to focus a wee bit less on the technology. We can now program a hearing aid pretty quickly, even using REMS. I know some people are uh, great fans of REMS and others not so much so. But even if you are using them, um, it should take up a small part of the appointment to do that. And I don't think we should hide behind um, having to do all this technology or having to, to go by the audiogram and leaving very little time to talk with your patient. So I think we should use the technology in a, a positive way by making sure it gets that bit done quickly and, and properly and then work with the patient. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's, that's, that's really actually very helpful and quite timely because I think we're now obviously living in times where um, audiologists are, you, you know, quite a few audiologists are doing even more than um, more than hearing aid fittings um, within mm. their clinics, and and I know that another area that you are specialist in is, is tinnitus management. Um, are there any um, lessons in that uh, for part of rehabilitation that you might want to share with us? I think that's an my biggest thing would be to say if people are going to work in tinnitus management is to get some training in CBT because it's very useful. Um, I think we need a lot more of that. I know there is there's a course that's run on CBT specifically. Um, and I would encourage people as part of their CPD to look at what's available 
because it's, it's an area that works really well for patients, but it does need a bit of extra training. It's not something that's covered in our courses when you qualify. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now that's really, really good. Um, you're sharing um, quite a good experience with us because I believe that, you know, sometimes um, experience is, is the best teacher mm. <laughs> over time. Um, as much as we, we can learn, like you said, the technical, uh, and is very that's also very important, obviously, the technical side of what we do, but um, patient care and um, attention to detail in, in, in that sense is, is also very important, yeah. um, or if, if not equally, even maybe even more important um, sometimes. Um, so what um obviously you've got this opportunity where you you know you're being listened to by um our members and 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 even more people quite a number of audiologists um is there any message in particular that you i mean this does not have to be restricted even to clinical work or uh clinical care in general is there any message that you feel that you would like to put out there or you feel people need to be aware of or need to be paying more attention to um in these times? Yes, I think people, clinics need to, to realise that they actually are important too. Um, they, they need to look out for the patients, but they need to look out for themselves. So working in a way that helps them work effectively with patients, but prevents burnout. So I think there's a lot of audiologists heading towards burnout with these high numbers of people they're trying to get through. Mm. So look after the clinics, but look after yourself and, and work with your patients rather than trying to find all the solutions for them. Absolutely. That is so important. I think that's one of the first times we've actually heard or we've had this conversation um, even really about, um, I think it's sort of more mental health as well um, for yeah. audiologists because, I mean, especially for people who care for other people, most of the time our main concern is caring for others and um the big thing is, obviously, if we're not caring for ourselves, uh, we probably we wouldn't be in a position to care for others. So you have actually highlighted on something very important that I think um, we should be paying a bit more attention to and finding, making sure that we're not overbooking clinics and, and, and pushing ourselves down the route of actual burnout. So yes. thank you so much um, for sharing that. I feel that's um, going to be very useful and quite a good reminder to, to a number of people. Yeah. It's interesting because I get asked more and more often to do a talk on burnout, which you know, five, ten years ago, nobody would have been interested in hearing that talk. But I think people are starting to feel it um, and then they're more interested in finding out ways that they can prevent it happening. So that's good. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. That's true. I think also quite a few people who probably experienced it in the past, um, specifically with our previous ways of working might have just left the profession rather than um you know deal with um, yes. the issues so um yes it's very important that um that we are highlighting this now so thanks again and thanks so much for joining us um and i'm sure we'll definitely have you i think that burnout is probably going to be a topic that we will be re be bringing you back for because I feel there's a lot more to explore in that yes. um, particularly just in me mental health in general so there'll definitely be another session that might be a webinar or, or something else but we'll definitely be revisiting this topic soon but thank you very much for sharing your journey um, 
I'll put a link in the uh, description so people uh, know how to find your book if they want to you know explore it a bit further mm-hmm. um and yeah just appreciate your um service to audiology for the years that you've been involved and thank um thank you for sharing your your knowledge and your wisdom today thank you thank you for giving me the opportunity you're welcome thank you very much christine and speak to you again soon bye Thank you for joining me today and I hope you found that useful. I look forward to you joining me, your host, Elizabeth Adeshaba, on the next episode of Ear Talk.